This is the John Oakley Show podcast. As we were going to ask or dwell on the idea of an exit strategy so that we can come back into a sense of normalcy as well as seeing economic activity uh, get back up, not to uh, full speed, I'm sure, soon, uh, sooner rather than later, but some whiff of hope uh, for businesses and uh, those people who have put a lot of sweat equity into their enterprise. Uh, but on that front, let's find out exactly what might be the best way uh, forward. Joining us on the line is Ray Pennings, the executive VP of the think tank Cardis, which is based in Hamilton. Ray, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm kind of curious because a lot of people are already starting to talk about this. This is the adult conversation taking place now. As much as the pandemic pandemic continues to, uh, you know, ravish us here, we've got to sort of balance the economic interests against the backdrop of the health concern. Uh, so what do we do on the timing of an exit strategy? How do you see this playing out? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Um you know, even as you just framed it, the health versus the economic, as if that's a binary choice. And I think one of one of the things I've tried to emphasize in the stuff that I've been writing about this is that there's there's a framework for the conversation, which right now is on avoiding death. And I think we we actually need to reframe the conversation in terms of thinking about life, the purpose of life, and where we go. Um, let me just illustrate. In an individual situation, if you get a diagnosis, for example, of um, of cancer, uh, there there are some factors you have to take into account. You have to take into account what the prognosis of the diagnosis is, but then also what the side effects of the prescription are. We collectively as a society have to take a look at not only the pandemic of Corona-19, we also need to take a look at the prescription and the side effects. And we have to, we have to weigh it all. And those side effects aren't just economic. Um, how do you value, um, I, I had a friend who passed away on the weekend uh, in a, a palio situation in a nursing home. His family was not allowed to be around him. How do we value the costs of that? How do we value the lack of a hug, the the various other things? And I, I think one of the points I, I, I want to make is that it's not just economic, although obviously economic drives it very much and is very significant. And it's not just about health. It's about living. We're, we're, the purpose of life is not to be alive. It's to live. And we need to put that in, in a larger framework. Well, all right. Uh, so we're going to take, we're going to assume some risk is obviously what you're saying. I mean, at its uh, starkest, when Donald Trump says we've got to be careful that the cure isn't worse than the disease. So effectively what he's saying is uh, we got to strike a balance and find sort of that where we can, you know, mediate between the two. As you say, it's not a binary uh, thing, but it seems like it's come down to that. Uh, how... How do we stick handle our way through that then? Because you've got competing interests, uh, the health authorities versus, you know, uh, the economists. How do we stick handle our way through that? Well, we've suggested sort of a five-step strategy. And I, I want to emphasize, I don't think you can do the one without the other at all. Is I, 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 
I'm social distancing and the organizations we're involved in, we're, we're very, uh, we're involving the public health um, advice. And I, I think that's essential. I want to make very clear, I'm not advocating for a moment that we, we, we stop doing that. At the same time, we can do that and have the adult conversation at the, for, at the same time. The first step is clearly health system capacity. Over the last couple of weeks, we have focused on that in terms of making sure our supply of um, personal protective equipment, ventilators, those sorts of things are there. We need to make sure that we have the capacity to provide the best of health service to those who are going, um, who, who are getting the, uh, the virus. But I think the second piece, and I think this is very important, right now our preoccupations are deaths by COVID. But there is the consequences of being alone, the consequences on addiction, on mental health. Um, we, we, there are going to be a lot of long-term deaths by COVID that come um, from, the, from, the, from the social isolation that we're experiencing right now. We need a much more comprehensive metric of the cost and not just the narrow health metrics today in the very short term. I think the third thing we need to recognize is that it's going to take a phased approach. This is not an on-off switch. And we're going to, um, we're not going to announce in one day that it's all over and we can go back to normal because it's not a new normal to go back to. But we may need different approaches for different populations based on their vulnerability. And we need to start talking and thinking about what those, what those steps might be. Fourthly, I think workplaces, um, you know, I, I do a lot of flying as a result of my work. I suspect it's going to be a long time before I'm stuck in the middle seat of an airplane between two people on either side in each other's space. That's just that's something we were doing in the past. I think most workplaces are going to take a look at production facilities and how we go about things. And there's a lot of changes that we're going to need to make um, during the course of the, the long tail of this pandemic. Um, but then I think, you know, the ultimate thing is we need to frame these questions, not simply in terms of avoiding death, but reminding ourselves of what the purpose of living in life is, understanding that dying is part of life. Um, and, you know, I'll go back to the example of my friend on the weekend. I think, I think there is something pretty drastic when we're having people die alone. Um, in, in our fear of this and not allowing family members who were, would have been more than willing to be at his bedside, uh, but we're saying, no, you can't do that. I think that says something about where our collective priorities are in, in the context of this. And I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. But let me ask you, Ray, uh, who do you foresee having the political courage to lead us into this brave new world? I think it's starting. Um, you know, I think it starts with people like you and me having this conversation. And um, if I look on social media, the tone, I, I first wrote this three weeks ago. It's interesting. I've done, I think, four or five media um, interviews in the last couple of days on it. Um, but it took some time. People are preoccupied. But I think now if I look at social media, I think there is an appetite for people to say, okay, who, who, um, who, who, how do we get out of this? And our politicians, um, you know, in many ways they lead, in many ways they follow. So I think part of this is us as citizens in the society stepping up, uh, having adult conversations and recognizing what some of the alternatives are, even as we continue to respect the law in the short term and um, take safe, um, you know, operate, live safely so that we don't infect our neighbors. I agree with you as far as the conversations are necessary to sort of uh, groom us for the profound changes to take place. 
I just wonder if psychologically people have prepared for that right now because they may just want to go back to status quo ante. You know what I mean? It is. And I, but, you know, if you take a look at, you know, in December, none of us thought this was possible. In January and February, as the early signs came, had the full measures that are implemented today been implemented in January, no one would have followed them. No one would have believed. With 2020 hindsight, we're seeing a lot of that. And there's blame in terms of who said what to whom and who made what decision at what time. And there'll be lots of time for blame later. Um, I don't think that's the healthiest way of going about it. I think, you know, it's important for you and I to have this conversation, for the people listening have this conversation with their friends and that we start exploring options. This isn't a black, white, simple, straightforward. We're in territory none of us have been, and we need to provide a, a measure of generosity as well to our leaders. Um, but we simply don't need to be blind followers of everything. Um, you know, democracy and freedom is pretty valuable. It's been paid for um, with the blood of uh, generations that have gone before us, and we need to be vigilant and do our part to protect it. Well, I appreciate your uh, spelling it out that way because, yeah, you're right. These conversations are very important to have uh, so that, you know, psychologically, uh, you know, mental health is a consideration, as you pointed out. Uh, life is all about living, and hopefully we can come through it uh, with most of us intact. Uh, although recognizing there is going to be, I guess, a seismic shift taking place societally. Uh, Ray, good to, uh, good to talk, and if people wanted to, uh, I guess, just, do a deeper dive into what you've written. Uh, how would they go about that? Our website is cardus.ca. That's W-W-C-A-R-D-U-S dot C-A. And you can follow the links. And uh, I have a good number of other colleagues as well who are doing some very good thinking and writing on this. And uh, there are lots of resources there for you, for people to access. All right. That's why you're the think tank, Cardus. Uh, Ray Pennings, Executive VP. Thanks so much for your time. All the best going forward. Thanks for having me, John. You got it. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.